Let's turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, verse 33. It is great to be in the Lord's house today. It's good to see our guests here. And it's definitely uh, good to be, be able to worship God uh, with all of you this morning. Today is Father's Day, as we've already uh, drawn attention to it. And um, as you're turning there, I guess I could just say that uh, I considered preaching a, a message about fathers today, and that definitely uh, would be in place. Uh, we are more and more seeing our, our fathers and the churches uh, slipping out and, um, and failing to be the spiritual leaders in the home uh, that they should be. But no father wants to get in trouble on Father's Day, so uh, I guess we'll just uh, uh, preach something else. But there's definitely a lot of good things to say about fathers and uh, the godly fathers that, that uh, we've had, and, and um, uh, we're, we're definitely grateful for all of them. And uh, just following the service, we do have a little gift that we want to uh, extend to all the fathers that are here today, so uh, hang out for that. But we are going to talk today, uh, just continue on in our verses in the book of Matthew, and we are in Matthew chapter 5, beginning of verse 33. Let's read. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 33. Jesus said again, You have heard that it has been said by them of old time, Thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths. But I say unto you, Swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Neither shalt thou swear by thy head, because thou cannot make one hair white or black. But let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. Now, if you don't want to speak in such Shakespearean language, you could say yes or no. Uh, either of those would be acceptable, but uh, you get the, uh, the point that he's saying here. Let's bow to the Lord in prayer and we'll get started. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for the day that you have given. We're thankful for your love and your mercy. Um, we thank you, Lord, for our fathers. I thank you for the godly father that I've had and uh, just the impact that he has had on my life. And uh, God, I'm thankful that uh, my father is able to call you his heavenly father. And I know that has had such a, uh, a big uh, deal to do with uh, the type of dad that he has been to me. God, we're thankful for every uh, father that's here this morning as well, and uh, we pray that you would just uh, bless and encourage, strengthen uh, the men and, uh, and the fathers in our church, and help us to be the spiritual leaders that uh, we should be in this church. God, we're thankful for each and every blessing that you've shed upon us, and I pray that you would just use the message today, use the verses that are uh, being preached, and guide and direct me to all things that you'd have me to say. And uh, Lord, I pray that you'd use these verses and, uh, and the word that we have here to draw us closer to you. Thank you so much for every blessing. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Today we're talking about the Christian and his promises. The Christian and his promises. And uh, over the last few weeks we've been looking at six different illustrations of the kind of righteousness that we should be exhibiting as kingdom people. If you are a saved individual, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are supposed to be part of a kingdom, a kingdom of heaven, or as it's also called, the kingdom of God. Uh, well, the kingdom of God is not just some club that you get into. It is a, uh, I believe it is, it is the reign of God in the hearts of His people. And so uh, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is definitely something that 
I believe you must submit to each and every day, where we recognize that uh, Jesus is the King and that God is in control. And so uh, we are submitting to His authority on a day-by-day basis. Well, as we are in this kingdom that Jesus has been talking about, uh, we have looked through several different things. We've looked at these illustrations of, of how we should be righteous people or the kind of righteousness that uh, we should be displaying. Uh, we are to be the kind of people who show meekness instead of anger. And that really starts off uh, the first of these six illustrations where Jesus talked about anger. And so instead of being people who are angry or who act out in anger, we are to be people who are meek, we're lowly. And, uh, and as we talked about in our Sunday school class today, we are to be long-suffering and patient towards others. We are to be people who demonstrate purity instead of infidelity. And we look both at the, uh, the subject of adultery and the subject of divorce over the last uh, couple of weeks as well. And so uh, we are definitely to, to be a people who are pure. Uh, Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, right? And then in these last couple of verses or, or last couple of sections that we've been looking at, these two illustrations uh, recently have been about uh, sexual integrity. And so that's definitely something that he wants his people to be uh, exhibiting. This is to be a righteous kingdom, and it's to be a kingdom that reflects its righteous king. And so I guess you could say that the greatest goal for anyone in the kingdom of heaven is to be as much like the king as they possibly can. And that's what Christ wants to do. He wants to transform us uh, into to someone who's like him. Uh, we'll, we'll never be the king. We'll never be Christ. But we can definitely be followers of him. And uh, we can pattern our lives after the one that he has given. Now this illustration that we deal with here goes on to deal with another virtue. Uh, and that is the virtue of honesty. Do you believe that the kingdom of heaven should be an honest kingdom? Well, absolutely. We need to be honest in, in the way that we speak with others, the way that we deal with others, uh, honest in everything that we do. And uh, more specifically, this deals with taking an oath. And so if we're going to make promises, then God expects us to keep those promises. If, if we're going to take oaths, then uh, we are going to be held to those oaths. But Jesus gives us uh, a few other commands here that we definitely need to give uh, quite a bit of attention to this morning. Now, the first thing I want us to look at are the false promises in verse 33. Now, let's go back in verse 33. He says, Again, you have heard that it has been said by them of old time, Thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shall perform unto the Lord thine oaths. Jesus begins writing again, as he has the rest of these. Uh, Jesus is uh, showing the difference between the traditions and the legalism of the Jewish faith at the time and, and what this kingdom is supposed to be. And so they had many, many teachers that were whispering in their ears and telling them, uh, this is the way you should behave, this is what's acceptable, this is not acceptable to God. Uh, and they had all these different traditions that they were supposed to be following. And Jesus is not challenging the Word of God. As a matter of fact, he said at the very beginning of this, he says, I didn't come to destroy the law, I came to fulfill it. And so he, he's not challenging the Old Testament, but he is challenging the interpretations that have been given to the Old Testament. And so here again, he starts right in in verse 33. He says, You have heard that it has been said. This is something that, this is some interpretation or, uh, or some command that they have been given for uh, so many years. Now, as we find in verse 33, the command deals with uh, not to forswear, but to perform to the Lord thine oaths. Uh, the caution that we have here to carefully perform oaths 
uh, was something that is found both in the Jewish tradition and in the Old Testament itself. So uh, the Jews did have some traditional interpretations about this, but it was also a command in the Old Testament. As a matter of fact, in Ecclesiastes chapter four and verse, or chapter five and verse four, uh, Solomon said this. He says, "When you vow a vow to God, you can just listen. When you vow a vow to God, do not defer to pay it, for He has no pleasure in fools. Pay that which you have vowed." So Solomon says, "If you vow a vow to the Lord, you better expect that He's going to be collecting on it, <laughs> right?" You better keep your word. Don't defer to pay it. Don't, don't decide or, or try to get out of it. But if you've made a vow to God, He is going to hold you to that vow. He says, pay that which you have vowed. Now, as we look at verse 33 here in Matthew, there are two words that we need to give a little bit of attention to before we move on. The first word that we have here in verse 33 that I want us to, to pay attention to is the word of forswear. He says, again, you have heard that it has been said of them of old time, thou shalt not forswear thyself. Now the word forswear, it may appear to be uh, or to mean not to swear beforehand, but really what this has to do is this means to falsely swear. Uh, when you get to looking at what the, the definition of the, uh, of the word here, it means to falsely swear something, or in other words, to, to swear to do something and then not fulfill that promise. How many of us have made promises, we have sworn, we have taken oaths, and we said, I am going to uh, do this, you know, and, and, or, or maybe it's even an office or position that we've taken, and, uh, you know, as a pastor, I, uh, I even had to take an oath there in my ordination, you know, an oath that I was going to uphold the Word of God and stand behind the Word of God, and, uh, and maybe, you know, there are little things that we do sometimes, I'll tell my kids, we're going to do this today. And then it rains, and guess what happens? You know, I, I wound up not being able to keep the promise. And, uh, but we've all done that from time to time. We, we've all had situations where we have told somebody, I am going to do this. Uh, I promise I'm going to do this. I promise it will be ready tomorrow. I promise, uh, you know, I'm going to do this by such and such time. And over and over again, we fail to keep those promises. Uh, the, the teaching here says not to forswear yourself, uh, and again, that means to swear to do something and then not fulfill that promise. Now, the second word I want to look at uh, is in verse 33 as well. He says, uh, but thou, at the very last little phrase here, he says, but thou shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths. Now, look at the word oath there, and let's go ahead and skip down in verse 34. He says, but I say unto you, swear not at all. The word oath in verse 33 and the word swear in verse 34 come from the same Greek word. It's the, it's the same word that just been translated as two English words. Now, this word is exactly what it looks like. It is an oath or a promise. It means to affirm the truth of a statement by calling on a divine being to execute sanctions against a person if the statement in question is not true. Let me go back and explain that. We've all taken oaths. We've all made promises. I promise I'm going to do this promise this and that. But what an oath that he's talking about here, what, what it means to take an oath or to swear means that we are swearing by God. We are swearing on God. And, and really what it means is if I promise you that I'm going to do something and I take an oath or take a swear, then what it means is if I don't perform what I said I'm going to do, then God can judge me for that. That I just I just invited God's judgment upon me for not keeping that promise. 
And so he said the teaching that you've heard is don't, don't forswear yourself. Don't say you're going to do something or promise you're going to do something and do it. He says, but instead, uh, be sure to pay to the Lord uh, your oaths or, or be sure that you do exactly uh, just what you said you were going to do. Now, this really, in, in our language, would be the equivalent of us making a statement and then just to give it an extra dose of validity saying, I swear to God. Anybody ever done that? I call a fish this big. And you get that funny look, you say, I swear to God I did. Uh, anybody ever done that? Maybe not about a fish, but about other things. And keep in mind that, again, Jesus is not changing or challenging the Old Testament. He is challenging the abusive interpretations and traditions that completely violated God's Word. Now, we read a scripture where it says, you know, when you vow a vow to God, pay that which you have vowed. The scripture says that. That's unchangeable. What he is challenging is the interpretations and the loopholes that they had created. Listen, some of the, the religious leaders back then were just as crooked as our politicians today. I mean, they, any way that they could get around a law or any way that they could find a loophole and crawl through it, I mean, they were going to do that uh, any way that it would benefit themselves. Now, they wouldn't do that for others, but they would always do it for themselves. They'd always find that loophole uh, to, to get around breaking the law. The, the Pharisees were notorious for making vows. Pharisees were uh, some of the religious leaders at the time. Because Ecclesiastes says to pay the vows that you've made to God, the Pharisees would get around that by instead of swearing to God, they would swear by heaven. Or they would swear by the earth. Or they would swear by the city of Jerusalem. And then if they didn't fulfill their oath, they would conveniently justify it by saying that they had not sworn to God. And so it would be something like this. Uh, the, uh, you make a deal with a Pharisee and he says, uh, you know, I, I swear by the holy city Jerusalem. I, I swear by heaven that on tomorrow you will have such and such. And so you get there and, uh, and tomorrow he doesn't have it. He says, oh, well, uh, hold on a second. I didn't swear by God. I only, I only swore by the, the city of Jerusalem. I only swore by heaven. And so somehow he would be able to back out of that deal because it wasn't as binding since he didn't actually uh, swear to God. And so because he hadn't sworn by God, he wasn't obligated to pay or, uh, or to, to do whatever it was that he said he had done. I know, it, it's strange, it sounds uh, crooked, and it is exactly that. Do you see how that a people who were supposed to be honest and just were abusing the Scriptures and finding personal loopholes through which they could be dishonest and self-serving. Unfortunately, there is a lot of this going on in God's people today as well. Did you know that any promise can be broken? Any promise can be broken. No matter how big or small it is, and you can get away with it as long as you say, I had my fingers crossed. <laughs> I promise that I'm going to do something. They come back and they're saying, okay, you said you were going to do this. I had my fingers crossed. Sorry. Now you lost. I won. Any promise can be, and somehow it's acceptable. 
Oh, they got me. You know, their fingers are crossed, so they're not really bound to that. We find loopholes, don't we? We find ways to get around these things, just like they did back then. If a good fishing story is being told, one might swear on his mother's grave. Ever heard that? Don't do that. That's not very nice. If an incredulous statement, and for Alana that means doubtful, because I know she'll ask me later. If an incredulous statement is made, one might swear on the Bible. I swear on the Bible that's true. Now we haven't done anything wrong because we haven't sworn on God. We've just sworn on these other things that are menial or that don't mean anything. Well, listen, Jesus had a simple answer to all of these. If you've ever done any of the above or you know somebody that has or, or if you're ever inclined to do that, Jesus got a simple answer for this. He says, don't do that. Don't do that. Look at verses 34 and 35. He says, but I say to you, swear not at all neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is His footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. He says, neither shall I swear by thy head, because you can't make one hair white or black. Just don't swear at all. The reason why we make some of the statements that we do, the reason why we swear by these things, if you've ever said, I swear on my mother's grave, or I swear on the Bible, I, I swear uh, this or that, it's because we've heard other people say them. It's just something that has become natural. It's, uh, it's, it's common in our culture, and it just seems like a, a common thing to say. In Israel, the Pharisees had no doubt made this a common practice among the Jewish people. Perhaps Jesus had just heard Peter a couple of days before saying, I swear on the holy city of Jerusalem, I caught a fish that was this big. You know, and so he comes back around and he says, don't swear. Don't make oaths. Don't swear on anything. Jesus taught that by swearing on these things, that they were doing exactly what they were trying to avoid. Now, here's what, if you haven't caught this yet, swearing on heaven, swearing on uh, the earth, swearing on Jerusalem, all those things we find here, were all ways for them to get around breaking the law of swearing upon God. They, they were all ways to get around that. And he says by doing these things, he says don't swear on any of these things because by doing them you're still swearing upon God and he's still going to hold you accountable for them. You haven't got around anything. You ever seen your kids try to get away with stuff? And you're watching the whole time and they think they are clever. You know, they think that they have got this figured out, that there's no way that it can be traced back to them, no way that it can be found a guilty or accountable. And... Uh, and finally, they, they go ahead and they commit it, and you go up to and you're like, what are you doing? And they say, well, you said this. Well, I meant all of it, okay? <laughs> and so uh, you haven't got out of anything. You, your cleverness hasn't won you any points, or it hasn't uh, made you avoid punishment. And that's the same thing that Christ is saying here. He says, listen, all this stuff that you're swearing upon, he says you're still swearing to God. Now look exactly what he says here. He says, don't swear by heaven because that's God's throne. It still belongs to Him. Don't swear by the earth. It's His footstool. Don't swear by Jerusalem because it's God's city. Or as a matter of fact, He says it's the city of the great king. 
The Messiah. Now, there's an interesting thing. Who was the Messiah? Jesus Christ. In other words, he says, and don't swear on my city either. I will hold you accountable. And just in case there are any teenagers in the crowd who had to argue everything, Jesus says, don't even swear on your own head. Verse 36. Don't even swear on your own head because you can't change one hair to white or black. This acknowledges what Christ has said here. It acknowledges God's rule and authority overall. That anything that you might promise upon, anything that someone might swear upon, it all belongs to Him. It also acknowledges God's rule and authority over you. He says, don't even swear on your own head because even that doesn't belong to you. He's the one that could change your hair color and He's the one that knows how many you have. As has been said so many times, it's easier for some than others, but He definitely, uh, He is the one in authority over all of that. Jesus' short answer to this, however, is simply swear not at all. But in verse 37, he says, let your word be enough. 37 says, but let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay, for whosoever or whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. Now, of course, this is just yes or no. There's a time in America when a man's word was enough. It was enough. He didn't have to riddle his words with oaths or swears or promises to make you believe Him. He said it, and He meant it. Many deals, big dollar deals, were made, not with paper, but just with a shake of a hand. A man said he would fulfill his end, and he would die before he deferred to pay. I believe there are still some places like that, even here in America, but they are becoming fewer and further between. Jesus said, don't swear at all. Don't make promises, because we don't know if we can keep those promises. Be very careful in, in swearing, uh, and swearing is not cursing, uh, like a curse word. It, swearing is just taking an oath or making a promise. Be very careful in, in those things. Jesus says don't do them, because you don't have the power ever to fulfill the promises that you make. You make a promise to do something tomorrow, you might die this afternoon. Then what? You make a promise to do something tomorrow, some tragedy could come through your life and you're not able to fulfill. You may get injured or something may happen and you can't fulfill that promise. Don't swear at all. He says instead just do this. Let your yes be yes and your no be no and let that be enough. Mean what you say. If you say yes, then just let it be a yes. Do what you say you're going to do and just keep it at that. If you don't want to do it, that don't say yes. This is a lesson a lot of us need to learn, isn't it? Because we, uh, we, we try to keep peace by someone asking us to do something, and we say, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. And we keep waiting, and it doesn't get done. And the truth is, I never wanted to do it to begin with. But just say no. Say no. Let your yes be yes, let your no be no, and keep your word. Say what you mean, mean what you say. 
You know, sometimes it's just hard enough to keep yes, isn't it? Sometimes it's just hard enough to, to do that. We don't need heaven and earth and mama's grave coming down on us, so let's just not use those. Fathers, this is a place where we need to be very diligent. We must teach our children to be honest in the things that they say and the things that they do. And we do that through two things. We do that, first of all, through instruction. You have to spend time with the children to teach them. Fathers, be sure to do that. Spend time with your kids. Teach them. Don't just spend time doing things. Spend time teaching them. Talk to them. Tell them what's right. Tell them what's wrong. We do it through instruction, but I want you to understand we also do that through example. I've been a dad for not as long as some of you, but I've been a dad for long enough that I know that there have been several times where I've told my children I'm going to do something and I didn't do it. And I'm amazed at how great children's memories can be sometimes. <laughs> they can't remember to clean the room. They can't remember any of this. But you say one little thing, and they're going to hold you to it. You mention ice cream, you better not go home without getting ice cream because they're going to remember that. Keep your word. Be truthful. Be honest. Show through instruction and teach by example. In the kingdom of God, we don't need flamboyant promises. We are a people that is filled with God's righteousness and we are honest in our conversations and our dealings with others. We need to let our yes be yes. We need to let our no be no. But anything above that just leads to evil. I challenge you this morning to look through your life. Find some promises that you have made. Maybe you've already done that. Fulfill those. Do what you said you were going to do. Like we said last week, we can't change the past, but we can do something about today and tomorrow. He says, don't swear at all. Just be honest. Say yes, say no. Mean what you say. And do whatever you say you're going to do. Let's stand this morning.